Welcome to Footy on the Med, a roving podcast exploring football clubs and culture here on the Mediterranean. My name's Alex Wade and I live in Monton, France, just like my co-host. And here he is. Hello and welcome. I'm John O'Hare, like Alex, a Monton resident. Together we watch football here on the Med, bringing you the action from famous clubs like Marseille, Barcelona, Ajax, Athens and Sampdoria. Names to conjure with. And there are others too, like Hamadona, Piers the goalkeeper, and neither last nor least, Steve the Atletico Medico. That's right. Footy on the Med airs every fortnight on a Wednesday, come rain or shine. And don't forget our regular sidekick, Young Trafford. Allez. Andiamo. This week it's Nice versus Auxerre. Enjoy. Alors, ce soir, monsieur, allez les aiglons. Les yes, les aiglons, les oui. aiglons, yeah, exactly. Allez les aiglons. Qu'est-ce que c'est le, 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 le score Alors, allez, 3-0. I think so, maybe, because the eagles, as Nice are known, are yes. flying high, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Why you think 3-0? Yes, that would be fantastic. If you are from England, you are the best team uh, for the football in the world, huh? Liverpool, really? Manchester. Hey! Ah. Okay, so Liverpool are a good team, but um, qu'est-ce que vous pensez uh, sur l'équipe uh, qui s'appelle Queen's Park Rangers? Queen's Park Rangers, QPR. Ever heard Hello, of them? Is it from Scotland? No. Queen's Park. Here we are again at the Allianz Riviera Stadium in Nice for what should be an entertaining clash. The home side, 7th place Nice OGC against 16th place Auxerre. Both sides are in cracking form. Good atmosphere here tonight. Nice have not lost in their last eight games and they've won six of those eight games. While the team from France's Burgundy region have turned around a poor start of the season, coming to this game with two wins on the bounce. There's only one problem so far as I can work out. And problem? What's the problem? Well, the Allianz Riviera Stadium is cursed, John. It's where England were famously humbled by Iceland in the 216 Euros, and it's where something always goes wrong speak, for us. Speak for yourself. You're the one that got us here an hour early and somehow drove halfway to some other place instead of taking the turn in for the stadium. I don't want to revisit that. I can't speak about such too, things. Too, too traumatic, war. I yeah. want to move on quickly. Our SCORE acronym, OK? SCORE. S is for stadium. Where are we? We are at the Stadium Alliance, of course. No, you have to do better than that. Okay, we're at the Alliance Riviera Stadium, Nice. We are the Alliance Riviera. If we were to be well, slightly more French, yeah, well, it's off our English listeners. The Alliance. Okay. I mean, I've already told people we are at the Alliance, but let's do it again. I like to do score in a subliminal way. Okay. You like to be more literal, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever you say, Alex. Okay, now capacity. The second letter of score is C. C for capacity. What's the capacity of this stadium here? When it's a football game, it is 36,178. That's amazingly accurate. Well done. Now, O of score is for opposition. Shall we mention them again? Yes, it's Auxerre. O for Auxerre, although it's spelled with an A, of course. Okay, and where have they come from? What do, you mean, what do you mean where they come from? Well, what part of France? They're a bit about 150 kilometres southeast of Paris. And do they happen to live on a river, the Auxerrians? Do they? Do yeah, they do they? On? Can What's we name that river? What's it called, Alex? It's the Yonne. The oh. Yonne River. Now, my mother's name is Avon, so I oh, like well. it because it's just one V away from Avon and also maybe some other letters. What's Yvonne from the Yonne? Anyway... 
score are for result. What's the result? What are you thinking tonight? Well, I'm going to say 2-0 to Nice. Well, do you know what? So am I. Yeah, no. I just saw your note. <laughs> well, OK. And now, lastly, in score, our famous acronym, acronym even, E stands for exciting player. Who have you got? Well, I've got two tonight. I've got uh, Nuno da Costa. He's up front for Auxerre. And okay. apparently he's going to be absolutely brilliant. Yep. But I've also got Ben Siriki Dembele, yeah. who is a Scottish Ivorian. He's a winger, striker for Auxerre. And he's on loan from Bournemouth. That's right. Mighty Bournemouth have okay. him playing. He was born on the Ivory Coast in 1996, which makes him age 26 years old. He moved to London, then governed near Glasgow, of course, the home of famous Sir Alex Ferguson. Grisby Town, Peterborough, Bournemouth, Auxerre. That's who I'm hoping <laughs> plays tonight. OK. All right. Well, listen, Nice are on the attack right now, pushing forward, and that's going to come to nothing. So Nice, let's just remind our listeners, Les Aglons, uh, clad in uh, red and black uh, striped shirts, vertically striped shirts. Auxerre, from the Burgundy region of France, clad in all white, looking like Leeds, for, for my money. They are looking like Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. But listen, I want you to know who my exciting player is. Oh yes, who's your exciting player to Well, watch? is he on the pitch, Aaron Ramsey? Is he playing or not? I, I'm so far up in the gantries here, I can't see. And but we it, should also say where we are. We, well, yes. I'll yes. tell you what, we okay. need to build to this now. But now that we've done the score acronym, yep. we also need to welcome our special guest. Oh, I can't and wait. We have a legend with us tonight, don't we? We do. Well, let's welcome our special Here guest. Here he is. And it, should we let him introduce himself? Oh, I think so. Okay, over to our special guest to introduce himself. Yes, good evening, Alex, John, and uh, all of your dozens or scores of listeners. Uh, it's Stan Bunger, oh. direct from San Francisco, California. I live part-time in Montaume, and for me, my very first European football match ever, at any level. So to sit here in the Stade Alliance Riviera with uh, my two esteemed colleagues, if I may call you that, and to watch this match, to hear the sounds of the, uh, I don't know, the food artifice, the firecrackers, like that. Uh, uh, yeah. The popular suit down there to our right. Oui. Uh, and also to see the... Uh, the very nature of the uh, mechanism that got us into the stadium. Because well, I was going to ask you, Stan, actually. <laughs> it took us a while. Were, were you impressed by the professionalism that John and I displayed? Because here we are in the press gantry in the Alliance Riviera Stadium, up in the gods. Fantastic view, surrounded by all our fellow professional colleagues, loads of journalists. Well, I will say that uh, the ride over here with Olivier, the taxi driver, was, was sparkling. Uh, Olivier yeah. was a, a great part of the evening's entertainment. Oh, hang on, Nice. Oh, this could be good. Oh. Struck straight at the keeper, unfortunately. But nice I will say this. Having, having covered a, an event or two in, in my time in the United States, uh, football, baseball, basketball, uh, one would get to the stadium, there would be a well-marked press gate. There yes. would be a series of officious press keepers. Uh, coming in here tonight felt a bit like sneaking behind enemy lines uh, in, a, in a border conflict. But yeah. we're in. We're in. And um, once we've got in, we have to say thank you to Nice uh, OGC. For sure. And the Alliance Riviera because, um, you know, they've been, they've been fair play. Once we got inside, once we surmounted the Kafkaesque layers of security, <laughs> um, it's all been very good. But yeah, um, but, yeah but in traditional fashion, and I'm now going to go to John to see what he says about this, we were slightly late, weren't we, John? We're only by a few minutes, Alex. I mean, it, it would have been... 
as monumental a moment as this is, to, for us to finally be accepted into the bosom of what can only be described as football journalism globally. And our, our names are now up in, in massive lights um, in my mind. And here we are, as we look around, there's Guillaume Balag down there, I'm sure, or someone of similar ilk. I would note that we're two or three rows behind all of the other journalists. They don't want to be near us, Dan, we're too professional. And just getting to finally be accepted is, it's a milestone for me, I must be honest. Yeah, but Stan's got a point, John. Why have they put us sort of away from all the other journalists? Well, you see, they have computers and also technical people, and it looks a very polished. We've got a couple of mics and some pieces of paper, and they probably thought, they don't want to get interference on those mics. Let's stick him up interference free. They were being and, and maybe because they think the view's better for us up here. Yeah. 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 And we need, we need to have unfettered sight of the pitch. Look, all I'm saying is, if you were invited to the King's coronation, King Charles the second, third, fifth, whatever he is, would you third? Third. Would you be concerned about whether you're at the back of the room, the front of the room, middle of the room, or would you just be invited to the coronation? We've been invited to this coronation right now we're in we're in the inner circle Alex the in I and you and Stan and what 2,500,000 people we're in the inner circle it's a very big inner circle but we're in it and and in terms of being late because we were late in traditional footy on the med fashion um, is there anybody we could blame for it the taxi driver Olivier he yeah, he, that was uh, a rather circuitous route. It you know? was a very yeah. circuitous route. Right, well, good words, Dan. And also, Charles just an absolute fortune for making us late. So we were not insult or injury. We weren't just late. We were late and expensive. But uh, as a resident defamation lawyer, I don't want us to defame the kindly Olivier, I think who charged us double the amount that we would normally pay. I think um, it's a common enough name that we don't have to worry about such things, do we? Well, he could be identifiable to um, someone. Well, his name was Olivier Giraud, if that helps anyone. And his taxi driver number was 149387, <laughs> um, issued by the city uh, the, the, the yeah. city of Nice. I just want to point out, as I did say to Stan, that Oxera are actually a pretty useful side. Look at this counter-attack now. Oh, there's some football going on. I know, it's always that frustration. Well, I will say this about Olivier, the taxi driver. Um, when one travels the world, one meets interesting people. When you come across someone whose uh, CV includes uh, birth in Nice and high school years in New Hampshire. Not Hampshire, but New Hampshire, Hang on, America. Are you sure about that? I thought he said Hampshire, UK. I thought he said New Hampshire, no, U.S. No, 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 no. He said Hampshire because he was in Southampton ah. and, and Winchester okay. in See, the U.K. Your understanding of English is better than my understanding of English well, when it comes to well, a it's, Frenchman. It's, it's a mother tongue thing, Stan. <laughs> Alex, I'm a little bit disappointed. You promised me that because we were part of the official press office tonight that we would be in our possession something that we've never had at a game and it's still lacking. And I noticed no one else has it either. A program with names and numbers. Listen, I've been looking around as well, um, and I've been looking about the place, and I think there are some scraps of paper that might pass for a team sheet that they have got. I think if you look down there carefully, John, you'll see there's that piece of paper that that bloke's got there is replicated by that one over there and over there, and I think that's a team sheet. Do you reckon I can go down and say, excuse me, mate, can I have your team sheet? Well, yeah. what I'm amazed by is uh, the uh, video. 
Yeah, the video monitors in front of each of the others uh, at the lower ranks of the press well, row. Well, you see, the thing is, they need the video monitor stand so they can see the game. We have perfect vision, and also we understand yeah, the game. Yeah, fair enough. We, understand yeah. we see things in real time. Yeah. And Stan, um, from an American uh, football perspective, would you care to hazard a guess at the formations the teams are playing tonight? No. Uh, if I look at a match uh, on television, they'll put up the formation, and I'll say, oh, a 4-4-2-1. Four, four, a 4-4-2, four, four, maybe. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and, of course, you know, my, my, my good friend Steve Bitker, American soccer coach and referee, will tell me, oh, they're playing a flat back. And my daughter, who played uh, fullback in high school and college, would say, oh, yeah, 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 I understand that. And I'll say, uh, whose back is flat? So uh, I appreciate the artistry of the sport, the speed and the athleticism. I don't think I've reached the level yet where I fully appreciate formations or strategy. Although as a match on ones, uh, you can see what a team is trying to do. I see Auxerre here would dearly love to counterattack because I don't think they have the strength uh, to mount a full attack. Am I right? I think you're right. I mean, I would, you know, look at you. See, you have a flat back four right yes. there. So Auxerre is really, Auxerre really wants to play a defensive game Yeah, here. you'd say Auxerre playing a 5-4-1. Ah, now we have our first man down of the match. Say, For me... Oh, my uh, God. Atletico Medico. John, there's a man down. You know what that means. It's an Atletico Medico moment. Atletico Medico situation. Are they going to come in? Here we are. Uh, he's down, and he's going to cross the line now. One, and he's there. Oh, it was a fast Atletico Medico. Um, I must admit, he, he cheated a little bit because... He didn't run, he, he kind of sauntered down the touchline until he had to cross the plane of play. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's a professional way to do it. Maybe we've seen something. Do you know what? We're at the higher levels now. That's possibly the way they've been trained, those athletes. Uh, do, do you see what you get here, Stan, when you when you hang out with us? Oh, absolutely. Bit, I, I have this level of incisive analysis. The yes. Other commentators will, no one down there, none of these other journalists no. will be talking about this at all. No one. No, at no this one at all. I've looked down. At this moment, all of them have turned away from the match. They're busy writing what we would call the lead yeah, uh, yeah. for a story that yeah. will probably be deleted three or four times yeah. before the match is over. And meanwhile, John's got the stopwatch on. He's clocking up how long the Atletico Medico is taking. He can tell us where he is now. John, where is he? He's, he's, he's now at 1 minute and 18 seconds. But as I often say, as Stan's just alluded to, football is not about the ball. It's not even about the ball being in play. It's about the spaces in between. We've had this discussion before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We had it in Genoa at the Stadio Luigi Ferraris. And, and, when and you said to me that the football's not about the ball. And do you remember ball? what I said to you? Uh, shut up, John, you're being an idiot. I said, what is it about then? And I said, it's about life. It's about the ebb and flow of the game. And if there isn't stoppages, there can't be starts. And without starts, the game goes nowhere. But the number 10 is down, and uh, we need to investigate this now. It could be another Atletico Medico moment, John. Okay. I'm going to hand over to you okay. so you can precisely commentate on what happens now. Well, we actually have a straggler, Atletico Medico. Oh, the player, he's up. No, he's up. They, they, they brought the bag on, but in a non-jogging manner, which means to me, that's invalidate. It's not truly Atletico Medico. The bag didn't hit the turf, and it certainly wasn't opened. I mean, there was no attempt at zippage at all. Um, it's remained zippage. zippage. Yeah, his, his right hand was nowhere near the zip, it, it, casually or professionally. Probably fair time for me to ask an American sports fan question. Why does football count up instead of down on the clock? 
Because we're optimists, Stan. <laughs> now, the thing about America is they want to know finality and, and, yeah. and all the, when's it going to end? When's it going to start? When's it going to be this? But we are, we're flu, fluid people, right? Well, Alex? it's also having a president who's capable of pressing the nuclear button. It's a constant countdown <laughs> culture, isn't it? Yes, and then yeah. they have popular songs. It's the Whereas, final count. Oh, there it goes. As John That's says, the bomb. time just expands and expands and expands in yeah. Europe forever. Yeah. You know. now, having lived here part-time for a while, I'm fully on board with this now. I also, as a baseball fan, appreciate the notion that time really is elastic when it comes to football. We get to 45 minutes, maybe it'll go for a while longer. Who knows how long? Well, to be fair, we saw a lot of that in the World Cup. Just come on. <laughs> yes, we certainly did. This is a good chance. It's a goal. Oh, Axera are scored. Touchdown. pulled it back. Can't see why that would be pulled back. Kasper Schmeichel, ex-Leicester City goalkeeper, beaten. Goal went, but the ball went between his legs there, John, I think. It did, straight through his legs. Alex, you, your eyes were not deceiving you. I saw the same thing. I, did, I, I have been saying, I am going to say, as the only person paying any attention to the game among us three, which is no criticism of you two because it's great being here with you, but um, Oaks there have looked like they were going to do that from the moment we sat down, which was at least three minutes ago. And so your position is, Alex, that um, in a game of football, one side or the other was going to score a goal? No, is that, my is position, that the insight my we're going for here? As I told Comrade Stan here, that um, Oaks there were looking very lively on the break and I thought they were going to... I had a feeling they'd do what they've just done. But I'm not saying I told you so, because that would be rubbish, wouldn't it? Penalty! Oh. I cannot believe he... that. Let me ask you guys this, because I still don't quite understand. Is this reviewable, what just happened here? So we have a player making a break-in from the left side. He's into the box. He's knocked down. The question, of course, is whether he was really knocked down or he tripped over yeah. his own two feet and threw, threw himself down. But would this be reviewable? Yeah, it would be. They have VAR out here as well, but it has to be some level of doubt before the VAR process kicks in. Um, here, it looks like the referee's made his mind up. Doesn't look like he has any doubt at all. But in his earpiece now, there'll be all kinds of stuff coming from probably some people near us. So who knows what's going on? Well, it won't be me that's advising them because I was like, that's never a penalty. You both said that's a penalty and it's looking like it's a penalty. The ball is sitting on the spot. Unless yeah, the that, that, that was my only clue, Stan, that it was indeed a penalty. Well, anyway, here we go. It's a penalty to Nice. If this goes in, they'll draw level one all just before half-time. No, five minutes before half-time, in fact. Fortunately, Aaron Ramsey is not even play not on the bench nor playing. So my exciting player of the night, John, he's not even here. How about my exciting player of the match? He's anyway, all right, Stan, is this going in or not? The odds say yes. Saved! Oh my goodness, what a save from the Oaks airkeeper. And this game's gone live now. It's fast corner from Nice. They're going to try and take advantage of that. Everyone's in disarray. <gasps> the referee's called it back. He didn't move off his line. No way. Oh, this is exciting stuff here for us at Footy on the Med. Is he, is he calling the keeper moved? May I ask you this, does not the keeper cross the line on every single yes. penalty? Yes, 100%. Okay. And it oh, no. So he's let it go to a corner. So we're good. We're live. We're back in. So Nice swinging. failed to convert that penalty. A great save by Radu, the Yorkshire keeper. Nice one, Alex. I'm trying to fulfill um, the needs of one or two of our 
very prosaic, limited listeners who believe that we should convey the information like who's playing. Yeah. Well, we told them who's playing. It's Nice versus Auxerre. How much yeah, more well, information? Enough. Yeah, they yeah, need? yeah, exactly. Oh, what a header! What oh, a header! We're going to applaud that. That was a great goal. Touchdown! Yeehaw! Well, Nice have equalised with an absolute thunderbolt of a header. You don't see them going that quickly there. off the head. Great goal by the number 24 for Nice, uh, Laborde. I have seen Laborde score before on television, but never in person. That was spectacular. That was a brilliant header, bullet-like header. Cross kind of came out of nowhere. Right-footed cross from the right-hand side of the pitch. And Laborde absolutely, it was like a volley. The power of that header was fantastic. Mind you, if we look at it, we look at it back on the big screens now, he was completely unmarked. He was. Oxair's um, very defensive formation just fell asleep there. No one picked him up Even at all. Even in slow motion, that ball's travelling. It was, and then he was uh, he was two levels out. I mean, there were... So that's a shame. The away side have been looking very good on the counter-attack. Uh, let themselves down badly then. And right before half-time as well. Although, John, are you aware of the um, analysis about the goal before half-time syndrome? No, I'm not. Well, you, know, you know the usual saying of, oh, my God, they've just conceded just before half-time. Yeah. They'll go on and lose. Statistically, it's not borne out at all. There's our boys down there having a good time. Look at that. On the whole, I'm quite happy to be up here in the press ranks with you fellows. So it's Friday night. Are you surprised that it's not a full stadium or...? Well, what are we thinking? If this back in the UK, would this be full? Oh, I'm thinking actually the popular suit down there to our right, Nice's um, hardcore, Les Ultra. Um, they show up come rain or shine, don't they? I mean, they're a loyal bunch. Um, I think there's, what, 10,000 here tonight, if that. Um, I think Auxerre, nice pretty town up in the Burgundy region of France. Don't know if you've been there. I have. I have too. Have you been there, Stan? I've not. But I'll say this. My son has texted... Uh, in real time to say dad that's amazing you're there small crowd but loud how does he know it's a small crowd I think he's watching on television he's probably seeing uh, the view that we're seeing across the pitch to the stands on the on the far side from where the press rank is uh, across from where the benches are where the team benches are a half full a third full uh, about a third yeah only about a third so, as John will tell you, the capacity is 36,178. He remembers numbers for some weird thing. You yeah, know. it's like a really strange thing. My, my age is 51, 51, 51, yeah. that's it. And your birthday, you know that as well. I do you? know my birthday, You yeah. did forget yeah. it yeah. in one no, recent podcast. My dad loves me to drive the car on Sundays. I'm an excellent <laughs> driver. I am an excellent driver. Um, and anyway, on that note, uh, because, yeah, you are. I mean, An excellent driver? All yeah, our thanks. listeners need to know John O'Hare is an excellent driver. Thank you, everybody. And on that note, happy half-time. John! 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 Well, there's uh, something going on here. Early in the second half, everyone's angry at someone about something. And that's the extent of my football knowledge. Someone's angry at someone about something. Yes, it's that level of incisive analysis, John, that... Uh, I'm famous for. Yeah, well, I've come to um, hope every game is blessed with. 
That so sounds a bit harsh. I knew nothing more than you then at well, all. Oh, I know, but we can pretend. So it was half time there for a moment, and uh, we went down into the press room. Uh, very accommodating. We had a glass of wine. Yeah. Um, that was about it, really. And we were promptly asked who we were and what think, we were doing I think there. we have to say that, I mean, we love living here on the Medchon, don't we? We, love, we live in Monton. We do. So we got the train down from Monton with our good friend Stan. Here we are in Nice. We had a lovely meal at the restaurant called Les Copains, which we went to almost a year ago to the day. I just want to say, I want to say thank you to Nice OGC, really, because it's been wonderful. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Um, we, we were a bit remiss in the fact that we weren't right on the money when it comes to getting to the stadium on time. But yeah, but we that were, was Olivier, our taxi oh, driver. And so that was out of our hands. We're, yeah. we're world-class um, excuse, excuse makers more than anything else. But, but, but after that, it was a catenation. Is that right? A catenation? A concatenation? A concatenation, a, a concatenation. A a yeah. a it was many problems. <laughs> I it promise a, I won't try and say any more words tonight that I don't know the, word, the meaning of or, or how to say them. Although I can't, that's a, that's a light promise. That's Stan, never going to happen. Stan, do you have a polysyllabic word to add to this? Uh, <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, uh, one thing I've learned in my long and decorated career as a broadcast journalist is uh, stick to the small words when the big ones escape you. Anyway, the game is looking evenly poised here, but I'd say that Nice have got the edge. And then, How do you feel about, you know, as a spectacle stand, watching it? I know you've seen loads of American football, but I mean, are you admiring the athleticism, the skill, the speed, those kinds of things? Oh yeah, I mean, when I watch when I watch football, soccer, uh, I I am uh, blown away really by the athleticism, the sense of space, the creativity. It's like taking basketball or hockey, the two big North American speed and space sports, and stretching them out over a much wider space. And to watch these, there's a joke in America that uh, when when kids begin to play soccer, you know, you have a cluster. Uh, they all just sort of, it's like a, you know, they, they're just all stuck together. But to watch really top-level football players understand space and time, you know, and of course Messi would be at the top of that pyramid, but you move on down and you see ordinary, you know, top-division players. I don't mean to minimize their, their talent. Uh, understand exactly where to be, when to be, how to be. It's, you know, it's, it's quite remarkable to watch. Yeah, and this guy who um, John likes, the number seven for Auxerre. We must yeah, he's, he's a hard worker. Who is this person? Now, the thing is, you see, Stan, I say that, and I'll, be, I'll break the fourth wall and tell our listeners, we actually have a team sheet. Because we're in the, uh, we've got press access tonight, we've now, we were late for the first half, we're in the second half, in the uh, halftime. Gauthier Hein is uh, the number seven for Auxerre. Gauthier, where is he? Yep, the 27-year-old Paul Scholes lookalike midfielder. Decent player for Auxerre. John, um, we've missed the three facts. Have you got any facts tonight? I do have facts tonight. Oh, good play. Wow, oh. off the bar. Touché le montant. what a brilliant piece of play that was. Come on, Auxerre, get it out. I want Auxerre to win. I do too, actually. Don't say, no, no, I want Nice to win. Yeah, you're in the press box, I'm not. I'm in my own world. Anyway. Can I tell you a bit of information about Auxerre? Well, I was going to I was going to say, I was going to suggest that we um, do something prosaic like the three facts. Okay. I'm going to yeah. tell you a bit of information about Auxerre first, which will lead into my three facts. Okay. And for a bit of a switch up, is it okay if I do my three facts all in one, two, three? 
Yeah. Don't okay. want to be quick though. I don't want to be bored. Huh? You got to be quick though. You don't want to be bored. Yeah, I want you to be quick. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Oh, look at that! It's your man, John. What did he do? Did he do he anything? Just beat the player with a beautiful oh, oh, step over. Oh, and I missed it when I was really reading good. this page. That was um, Hein. Hein again. I tell you, I was reading and he did something good. That's why you should never read. That's what I always say. Words on the page are a nightmare, Alex. You and your books, you got me doing all this writing and reading but and you, research. You, you do know what Joseph Addison said about this, don't you? Joseph Addison? Yeah. No idea what he that said is. about reading. Go on. Reading is to the brain what exercise is to the body. Yeah, right, whatever, Joseph. Don't know what you're on about. <laughs> anyway, Auxerre, real name is Association de la Jeunesse Auxerroise. I think I've said that right, but you can correct me, both of you. Thank you. The Auxerre Youth Association, or AJ Auxerre, or just Auxerre, as we would say. Right. It's a commune of Burgundy, as we discussed earlier. It's the capital with about how many thousand people, do you reckon? Auxerre. Auxerre. mille. Oh, that's way too high. Really? What did you just say, Stan? Uh, 70,000. That's too low. No, 35,000. Hang on, hang on. You you were too late. You said not to be boring. You said not to be... But that's... that's, 35,000. Hang hang on. Uh, Can I just have a reality check here? Are you both telling me that Oaksair has only got 35,000 people in it? In the town of Oaksair, yes. In the commune of Oaksair, maybe 75,000. But the actual town, the city, 35,000. Is this the smallest... would this be the smallest municipality with a legal? Well, let's get the phones out and no, check. It's but extraordinary. It this information 000. must be incorrect. John, John, John. Let's move on to some of the facts. We can't. This is let's crucial. move on to some of the facts. Oaks, no, no. If we can't get the population of Oaks there right, we're, we're, we're nothing. We're lost. We're more than nothing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're almost Stan, nothing. Can I ask Stan, you? Stan, can go on the phone as I can rattle through some more obviously incorrect facts. Right. Because I got these off a box of cereal, so they must be true. If if a a town, well, it can't even be a town at just thirty-five thousand people. Can't be a city. I know the whole cathedral thing and all that stuff, but no. What? I actually, I like, I lied, (laughs) people. I said thirty-five thousand, and Stan's pointed out that I, I got it, I got it wrong, I got it wrong. Oh wait, it it was Ah, thirty-eight thousand. No, no, it was. In '82, but now it's 34,000 and change. So it's it's not even 35,000. Well, this is extraordinary. So a, a place of 35,000 people supports a league on side. Can can we also have a bit of an apology that you looked at me like I was an idiot for not being able to read something off a piece no, of paper? No, no, I can't ever apologise for that. Right, fair enough. I, I wouldn't want you to either. All right, so I'm on to my three facts now. It took a long time to get there, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. Three, Stan. We've lost Stan. Stan's gone. No, no, I'm here. He's, wait, he's waiting for a commercial break and a bit of food. John, do you know what he was doing? He was doing that thing that I do sometimes. Zone out. Watching the football. <laughs> All right. I was looking up some facts about Gautier Hein, uh, John's uh, man of the match, or number seven for Auxerre, who it turns out, according to my deep research, was a French national table tennis champion in the age 12 to 13 range. Really? So we faced a, a decision at five feet seven inches or... Yeah, 1.7 meters. Do I stay with football and become a professional winger playing for Auxerre? Or do I pursue table tennis and... Well, he went with football. Maybe he finished 28th at the Olympics. He couldn't see over the, the net at table yeah. tennis at that height. <laughs> so he obviously went anyway, for the football. We're glad he's here. We're glad yeah. he's here. We're glad we're witnessing. Great, great, 
Great facts, Dan. Thanks Thank for you, the research. That was a good fact. Yeah, very good fact. All right, here's my question number one. This question, right, is probably the best researched question that's ever been asked on this podcast. Yes, I'm going to put it down to that level. And here it is. Stan Bunger is from the United States. Alex and me. Here we go, right? Which player that Liverpool signed from Auxerre has also played for QPR and signed for, but never played for, Parathenikos Chicago? Wow. So that's America, QPR, Liverpool, Auxerre, one question, and the answer is... Can you give us a clue? An era? Uh, yeah, from the 04 to 06, he was playing for Liverpool. He's played for QPR from 2011 to 2013. Um, His name was Jibril Cissé. Oh, Cissé. This is a very difficult one. Which World Cup winner, France 1998, signed from Exer to Liverpool in the year 2000? Now, you're not going to get it, so I'm going to give it to you. There's a bit of a connection and why it was interesting. His name was Bernard Diomed. Diomede. Right, do you remember him? Vaguely. Vaguely, me too. And I'm a Liverpool fan. After Liverpool, he went to a Jackio in Corsica. So I thought wow. you'd like that because yeah. you like a Jackio. And then, so just five years after he'd signed for Liverpool, he was trialled by Brian Robson at West Brom, but not offered a contract. So he's gone Liverpool, a Jackio, West Brom, nowhere. Five years. Oh, good move this. Oxair with another one there, counter-attacks. Taking it too wide there, though. That's not a penalty. But Cissé, did you like him when he was at Liverpool? He was a troubled character. Loads of bags of talent, but um, scored some great goals. But actually didn't score that proficiently. I mean, what do you reckon his score ratio was when he was at Liverpool? It's probably not that great. He was all right for us. I think he got about 12 or so in that season. He got 10 goals, actually, Alex. 29 appearances. For QPR. For QPR. The goals per game ratio. I wasn't far wrong. You weren't far far wrong. 3.45 goals a game. Uh, For Liverpool, it was only 0.293, which is surprisingly low for someone of his calibre, but did score an absolute belter in the cup final. I'm sure it was the FA Cup final. What other very significant game did he score in, John? Can you remember? Champions League. No. QPR away. Two. Liverpool. Man City. Man City, okay. The year they won the title, that year. Wow, there you go. Oh, nice football by Nice now. Scything down the left wing. Stan, you've just shown me a text message from a friend in America asking. Well, I have a friend. I I should set this up. My friend Joe Mariscal, uh, who coached uh, football slash soccer for a while in my hometown of Alameda, California. And I, I sent him a photo as evidence that I was here in uh, Stade Allianz Riviera with YouTube, uh, <laughs> his reply was, is Young Trafford there? Well, Young Trafford couldn't make it tonight. You have taken his place, Stan. Well, I don't think I can actually replace Young Trafford. Having met Young Trafford... You've met Young Trafford, have you? Briefly, yeah, yes, at, uh, at your daughter's birthday uh, party. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Young Trafford, of course, is a a central figure in the firmament uh, footy on the bed. Uh, I, on the other hand, is just a guy who drop in from time to time. Oh, but Stan, I, you're not. You're more than that to us. <laughs> the fact that, that Joe in Alameda uh, would know enough to ask that question 
I think his testimony to the worldwide and growing nature of footy on the mid. Well, I, I tell you what, Alameda Joe gets our vote every time, doesn't he? Well, uh, we've got a new character now, and Alameda Joe. I mean, that is that's right up there. <laughs> I need to know what he eats, what he does for a living, what he wears. What does Alameda Joe even dream about? Is, that, is, is Alameda Joe, uh, is he a Man United fan? or? You know, in all the years I've known Alameda Joe, uh, my entree to Alameda Joe was through the sport of cycling, uh, where he a, was a very hard man. Joe's gotten a bit older. Uh, he's had some, some physical infirmities, but he remains strong of heart and strong of mind. We still love you, Joe. I mean, even oh, though yes, Stan's no. running you down uh, right Joe, now. Joe backed away from baseball. Stan, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Joe, it's all... It's all you can do it, Joe. We still love you. Yeah. Joe is Joe is a You're still really strong. Joe's a purist. And when it comes to sport, Joe sees uh, football uh, as as the purest of sports. The beautiful game, if you will. Did I just coin a phrase? This kind of football. Yeah, this kind of football. Uh, for many, many years, uh, a regular season ticket holder for the San Jose Earthquakes, which is as good as it gets in our neck of the woods. Also, uh, of American football at his alma mater, San Jose State University. And it, it, in America, uh, it's it's okay, it, it's quite a thing to brag about being a fan of Auburn or University of Southern California. Or Clemson. Or yeah, Clemson. But My team. San Jose State University is not high on the list of places one brags about having matriculated. But Joe's proud of it, and for many years would go to the games in the stadium in San Jose where the first professional football match, soccer, uh, in California was played wow. when the well uh, when the North American Soccer League was founded. The San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, the opposing team was the team from Dallas. Kyle Rote Jr. was the star. Did you say they were called the San Jose Earthquakes? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've yeah, missed yeah, that. Yeah, I've been all the way over here. And, on and they the, brought in Kyle the Rote Jr. in on a helicopter and dropped him onto the pitch. Uh, for a while, George Best, a fellow of who I'm sure you're aware of, uh, was a player for the Earthquakes. And, and for me, it's the moment football arrived in the U.S. When George Best, when Bestie, uh, sober occasionally, but brilliant always, came to play for us, we knew we had arrived. Well, you know, interestingly enough, I, I know a guy called Dougie McMillan. And when you've been speaking there, I think that Dougie played with Bestie in that team. We'll have to do a little bit of research to find out if they actually played together because Dougie and Bestie were good mates and I know they played together in America and I because I, Dougie then started his football academy was called NASA North American Soccer Academy and it would it seems to sound as if it's it's all kind of the same group and so that would be an interesting connection Stan if we can get another one that you and I know some people from blasts of the past you know John I have to say I take my hat off to you you do seem to know an awful lot of um, sort of footballers well when I say sort of footballers footballers ex-professionals yeah yeah well now, the, how is this well the thing is this ex-professionals once their career's over most of the time they go to the bar to get drunk and you'll be I might be surprised to hear this Alex but I was a willing participant and listened to their stories of their glory years while they downed yet another pint and I oh, did too in a pastoral sense I, no no it wasn't pasteurized it could be alive whatever okay and also Neil McNabb, Scottish international. You sang Terry Wilson. Did, did you know Wilson. him as well? Neil McNabb, yeah. Did you? Yeah, no, I no, remember him. The... I thought he was quite a good player, actually. He was a great player. Yeah. And he would be the first to tell you, wouldn't you, Neil? Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Well, anyway, look, I want to go back to Alameda Joe, though, because... Oh, Alameda I Joe. I just, I just want that on a T-shirt. I'm with Alameda Joe. Yeah. What a great name for a 
for a coffee brand. What would Alameda, Alameda Joe, Joe? What would Alameda Joe make of this game tonight, Stan? Coffee. That's what he'd make. I of think the game. Alameda Joe would think this uh, this match is reasonably well played. I will say one thing: there's been one penalty in the match, one one foul in the match. Am I wrong? Uh, been a couple more than that, but not many. Not many fouls. Uh, we we had the penalty. Uh, few scoring chances. A couple of good saves. The one on the on the penalty. And I think Joe would think this game was. And this is where Joe and I used to occasionally debate the sport. Uh, I would say Joe, the game was kind of boring. Yeah, boring. And, yeah. And, and Joe would say, Oh no, no, no! Didn't you see the way the left back, you know, played that ball off uh, and avoided the corner kick? And I say, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. So, you know, for an American guy, Joe, uh, I probably should go a bit deeper. Joe is a Mexican American guy. Grew up in the Central Valley of California, and I don't. Oh, so know. it's Jose Alameda. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, when they're making uh, the Mexican food, the tamales and stuff at Joe's house, you got to be there. Well, come in, Joe. And his long-suffering wife Joe. Didi is is a participant. But uh, you know, it's it's emblematic of the way the sport has slowly kind of grown in America because you have these ethnic cultures where the sport, if you come from Italy, uh, if you come from Mexico, if you come from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, uh, into California, into the United States, you, be, you, know, you bring soccer, you bring football with you. And then you have a generation of people like my son, who has none of those attributes, but I think has become attached to the notion of the sport as an international game that attracts people from all over the world. Uh, in a way that no other sport except maybe basketball is the only one that's even close, but not that close. I, I agree. I'm just absorbed oh, in this attack. Go. My knees actually stand. Oh, God. oh he oh. scuffed that left foot shot really badly. Very good bit of passing play by Nice. About probably 10 passes consecutively in a row then. Very good attacking football. Created a position really well. And then unfortunately the uh, left foot shot was scuffed very badly into the ground. So that yeah. attack came to nothing. Yeah, that's, and that's the thing about the sport that, that I'm now beginning to, to appreciate is a build-up. Uh, and I don't mean watching the Spanish national team play keep-away. I mean a build-up that's got a purpose that eventually comes to nothing because, you know, uh, an attempt, a shot, a good defensive play suddenly mutes everything. Yeah, I, I'm quite intrigued. I don't know, John, are you keeping an eye on the formations tonight at all or, or not? Yeah, I, I, there's, on one side, there's 11 players, and I've noticed on the other, there's also 11 players. So I'm on top of it, Alex. If it changes, <laughs> I'll let you know. Oxair seems to switch to, um, to three at the back and five across and two up front all of a yeah, sudden. They're, they're, they're melding into anything they can do to keep the scoreline at 1-1, I think. Uh, this is going to be a good point for them if they can hold on. Oxair would be thrilled with a draw, yes? Oh, of yeah, course. definitely, yeah. It'd be a really good result for them. Oh, can I ask you my third question? Yes. Stan, you might like this. You don't have to have any football knowledge to appreciate well, this that's question. A, that's a good one for me then. Right. Alex, which charming, handsome, collar-popping, kung-fu master Frenchman made his professional debut for Auxerre? Eric Cantona. Eric Cantona is correct. <laughs> now, this man, I'm going to run through his career, but not the usual highlights. These are the footy-on-the-med highlights of Eric Cantona. In 1984... His career was put on hold because he went into national service. In 1987, a kung fu tackle on Nantes player Michel Darzacharian gave him a three-month suspension. In 1998, no, sorry, 1988, he was banned from international games for insulting the French national coach Henri Michel on television. 
1989, he kicked a ball into a crowd, ripped off, ripped off his jersey and threw it away. That was a one-month ban. At Montpellier, he had a fight with Jean-Claude Limoux and six players requested he be released from the club. But because Laurent Blanc and Carlos Valderrama thought he was great, he was allowed to stay. In 1991, he threw a ball at the ref, banned for one month. At a disciplinary hearing, he goes up to each member of the hearing and calls them an idiot to their faces, and they added a one-month ban onto that ban. Page two. Page two. After that, Cantona retires from football, but Platini and Hulier, these are legends of the game, by the way, Stan, tell him to go to England instead. He signs for Leeds, you mentioned Leeds earlier, and he does well for two Sealands seasons, then he transfers to Man U. But his crowning glory, as everyone knows, Eric Cantona, January 1995, gets sent off because he kung fu kicked a supporter in the stands who was shouting abuse at him. He got banned for eight months, criminal charges, and £30,000 for the fines. And at the press conference many months later, he said the following, when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you very much. And I, possibly one of the most interesting footballers of all time. Yeah. Uh, can I give you a bonus fact? Yes. What yes. was the name of the Crystal Palace fan he Kung Fu kicked? Chris Williamson. Uh, Matthew Simmons. Matthew Simmons. Okay. Did he deserve it? Uh, yes. He yes. said, why don't you go back to France, you Frenchman? Well defended or well laid off. Was that my man? Can I tell you something else I love about your sport? The use of the white spray on the free kick. Shaving foam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's the, the very, very precise, except not very precise, measurement of the spot and then the spot for the wall. Uh, it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's, yeah. it's imprecise precision yeah. is what you're saying. Can I, uh, just going back to Cantona, um, there's a wonderful book about Cantona for anybody who's interested in him a little bit further than John's interest. Brilliant, brilliant. Just, <laughs> John's, John's brilliant summary of his career. Uh, the book is called Cantona, and it's by a, a French writer called Philippe Auclair, and it's absolutely superb. Anybody who wants to find out more about Cantona should read that book. You know, figures like, like Cantona, you know, these, these uh, they're larger than life, uh, not just because of their skills, maybe not even because of their skills. No, he, he was as good as his character yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, 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 no, I, yeah, but, but he wasn't just a, a player, he was a, what's the right word? I mean, he was a, he was a, he was a figure. He was a, he was a, a, a talisman. A talisman. Not a hero necessarily, possibly an anti-hero, but, yes, yeah. good but you couldn't there. ignore him. No, not at all. No, I mean, um, I hated him, at the, <laughs> to be fair. Because um, his header in the seventh minute of injury time against QPR at Loftus Road, I was there for that game. Uh, the ref allowed Fergie time, that's what we called it back in the UK. Alex Ferguson would always badger the officials to yeah. get extra minutes on QPR winning 1-0 up, 1-0. And uh, Cantona got the header, seven minutes of injury time were played, and that goal meant that we had a deficit of two points at the end of the season. We, went, we were relegated from the Premier League. And, um, and I hated him. But I um, come, came to my senses later in life and realised that it wasn't Cantona's fault, it's just doing what he did. And um, nothing personal. He didn't have a vendetta against QPR Football Club. Um, and he was a brilliant player. And a, well, a I, I don't know player. if that's an accurate statement. He seems to have had a vendetta against everyone he's met. Maybe, maybe he did. <laughs> maybe he did it deliberately. Anyway. Oh! Yeah, 
they're pretty fired up because another another free kick for Nice here from dangerous distance. Left foot floater in. Will it be headed in? Uh, and Sean, have you know you know Dante's Inferno is playing tonight? Is he really? Yeah, he's he's up there. We should say very quickly now. Just Fontaine, fantastic, legendary player for Nice. Sadly, recently departed, and this game's been played in honour of him. But Stan, you knew John Madden, legendary American commentator. Yeah, I, I uh, was blessed to work with him for more than 15 years. I did a morning uh, radio broadcast in San Francisco, and John Madden, who had an incredible series of careers, quite honestly, as a, a football coach, as the guy whose name was on, but who really helped formulate the idea for a video game that remains the best-selling sports video game in America, and one of the best-selling in the world. I think it's number two or three. FIFA is up there in Madden football. Uh, and then, became the man who invented the color commentary role on American uh, television broadcasts of, of American football. Uh, the longest single career he had was as a morning radio personality in the San Francisco Bay Area. He would spend five or ten minutes a day with a, a series of stations, and the last of those years, the longest stretch of them, was with me and my station, KCBS. He passed away about uh, a little over a year ago. And so I've been in the process of trying to figure out, of all those thousands of broadcasts, what are the lessons from it? And I, th I think, you know, in every sport, there are these figures who are, they, they're, they're heroes of the sport, they know the sport, but they're beyond that. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I can't profess to know anything about American football, really, but I do know the name John Madden, not just because you've told me, or because John's told me, I do know the name generally. He was a legendary figure. Do you have an amazing quote you could tell us, a Maddenism? <laughs> Well, there are so many of them. I mean, uh, the one that always resonates with me now that I'm retired from my job was John would always say, if you're thinking about retiring, you've already retired. Okay. You know, the, the, the notion being that if you've already started to think about the end of the game, the game's over. Okay, well, I turn to John now because it's everyone's favorite footy on the med moment. It's time for Bon Motson. Back in the UK, Stan, we had uh, our legendary football commentator, John Motson, the, uh, who gave us the Bon Motson segment of this podcast, uh, which we'll come on to in a minute. But anyway, unfortunately, he passed away this week, didn't he, John? He did. He did. John Walker Motson, OBE, born in 1945, died in 2023, aged 77 years old, old Motty. He's from Salford, Lancashire, and he worked for the BBC for 50 years. John Motson. Yeah. In English football. Legend? Absolute. I mean, can you get bigger than Motti? And I was listening to Stan there, interestingly. Stan, you were saying about John Madden, just for a second before we go on to Motti. And John Madden, obviously, was the voice of EA Sports' as Madden Football. And guess who was the voice of EA Sports' as FIFA Football? Of course, it was John Motson. So the two of them had that connection all along, all the way back. And now here we are sitting here. Apropos of nothing, and that connection to me resonates quite Do we unpleasant. know if they ever met each other? or? Well, as they certainly did in the digital world, of course. And they met in the minds of many a game player. And, and do it, I mean, so I think, um, I mean, Motson came up with all kinds of great lines. He did. Have you got any to hand that you could? Well, I do. Of course, I've got some John Motson uh, phrases. But this is the thing that I thought that I would read to you, Alex Wade. Alex Wade, future presenter for BBC Football. Me? Yes. I'm, I'm, that's not in my uh, no, it's not plan in your, at all. It's not in your plan at all, but it will be. 
Motti said this, one of the last interviews he gave, about football commentary. You've got to have a decent voice and you've got to have a sense of timing. You've got to know when to talk and when not to talk. That's me stuffed. And you have to try to get across, essentially, what the viewer can't experience at home. Now, I'm going to put to you, Alex Wade, from now on on this podcast, these are words we should live by because we know that we go to these games up and down the Med. We enjoy all of this atmosphere and the experience. And right now, we're sitting in the press box of Nice football ground at the Alliance Stadium. Alliance Riviera. Okay, you always have to correct me for whatever. And they, we are seeing things our listeners can't see. We need to do better for John Motton. We need to get Motty power into our podcast. Are you with me? <laughs> um, no? Okay. But we, we, hang on, are you saying, but you're effectively dissing our entire output no, today. No, no, I'm saying we should <laughs> elevate our output. Um, because I think we do nevertheless produce something that... We do. Our... Five we, listeners can't we, experience we, we elsewhere. We produce stuff that, that we people got, like. We've got Alameda Joe now as well. We've got Alameda Joe. Alameda Joe. And Alameda Joe can tell us who said this. Stan, are you listening? Was it Madden or Motson who said, here's a guy, when he runs, he moves faster? It could have, it could have been either of them. Madden. Definitely I'm Madden. I'm going with Madden. By the way, Motty would never use the word guy. Oh, oh uh, look at you. Uh, he would have said bloke. Who uh, said... You can't win a game if you don't score any points. Madden. Because it would have been score goals. Madden. I see what you're doing. You're, yeah. you're, you're, very, you're very annoyingly <laughs> taking away the, the, the fun aspect <laughs> of my game. All right, sorry, sorry. Right. Mm, By the whatever. way, Alameda Joe has already gotten back to me and wants to know when the next podcast will drop. Okay. Yeah. Look well, at Alameda Joe dropping podcasts all over the place. <laughs> We're going to get Alameda Joe remotely on this podcast. That's what we're going to do. All, All right. right, next question. Who said famously, so Stan will know, there's the biggest clue. Why did I even say that? Winning is a great deodorant. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And the reason why he said that, I mean, it needs a little bit, because it's a longer quote, but that's all I put down, was he goes on to say that if you win the game, all the other nonsense you've been doing gets washed away. But if you lose, that stink will follow you. Uh, what's anyway. your vote? Yeah, no, that's that's my man, John Madden. Winning uh, is the great deodorant. No, it's Motti. Yeah. No, it's John Madden. Are you sure? Yep, yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. All right, okay. Well, that's the end of that. Oh well, two one, two to me, one to you, Stan. But don't worry. <laughs> but the game actually ends one one here at the Allianz Riviera Stadium. Yeah, Denise. I didn't do any facts at all. It doesn't matter. You'll. I, I wanted to give you one one fact. One fact. Go on. Yeah. How old is Mephi the eagle? Mephi the Eagle. Is Who it, we still haven't seen. Is it the same eagle that's been here all Well, long? we have no reason to disbelieve that it's the same eagle. Before I give my answer, can I ask you a metaphorical question? Yeah. I, I always use these words I don't know the meaning of. If a boat, have you ever heard this philosophical question? If a boat leaves a harbour at one part of the earth and it goes to a different harbour, but on the way they have to replace every single piece of the boat... When it gets to the other harbour, is it the same boat? Well, that's like the trigger joke in Only Fools and Horses, isn't it? It's Broom. It broom. Yeah, 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 it's Broom, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Mephi the Eagle, when I asked, is it the same eagle? Are you asking how old the eagle is, as in how old the eagle that represents the football club is, or how old that particular eagle is? Well, I was asking how old that particular eagle is. Oh, t- three years old then. You asked it right. Well, then. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, another question on because uh, I've done oh, oh, right, Get them out. Here is another question. But, but we're going to be the first journalist ever to get kicked out of the press office. <laughs> the game's over. Will we ever see Mephi the Mephi the Eagle? Is he an owl? Uh, will we ever see him? I don't know. Uh, we, I tell you what we should do, though. We shouldn't stress about it. We should just take it easy. All right. So that's inconclusive, that question. And the the last Eagles. The e yeah, take yeah, it, take uh, it, yeah, take yeah, it. Yes, yes, yes. the wrong yes. job. And the last question is, does he exist, Mephi the Eagle? Did you make him up all this well, time? Well, look, because we haven't actually ever seen him. If a tree falls in a forest, if a man is alone in a forest and his wife isn't anywhere near to hear him, is he still wrong? We can't end on a sexist note like that. It's not sexist. Stan, we, we reject that, don't we, completely? I, I, have, I have nothing. Okay, what, right, what would Alameda Houston? Joe say to that one? I think Alameda Joe would also take the Fifth Amendment, which is the American way of saying, I choose not to answer on the grounds that my answer may tend to incriminate me. Isn't that a Bill Clinton thing? Yeah, a bit. Look, Ultra is still going down there. Well done, everybody. We're, we're honestly the last people here. Let's we go. Let's we go. might actually be able to, hey. get, we might to get a taxi from our mate Olivier that will speed us to Monton. Before we leave, though, we have to do Fowl's final score was 1-1. O, outside player of the game, was someone. Uh, U was uh, Ultras. They are still here fighting along. L was the location. Brilliant. They put us in the press box. First time ever on 40 of the Med. Can't play it. And socials. You can follow us on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> And follow us, find us on footyonthemed.com. And if you need to email us for whatever reason, it's team at footyonthemed.com. And also, don't forget, Alameda Joe at footyonthemed.com. Alameda Joe. I'm going to have to set that up now. All right, thank you. If we don't see you soon, we'll see you next time. And arrivederci. A bientôt. Merci beaucoup. Well, that wraps up another episode of footy on the med another great outing here on the mediterranean and we'll be back soon arrivederci a bientôt